You're about to be blessed by the Word of God from the Word Conference, Man in the Mirror. Hallelujah. Wow. Wow. Some people make you not want to sing your song anymore. Wow. Oh, the Lord bless you. The Lord bless you. And to hear that you are Reverend Joe's daughter, I'm so blessed. So blessed. We have history that I'm not sure that even Reverend Joe knows. God is so good. God is so good. Please just lift up your hands where you are. That same atmosphere of the Spirit. What a joy. What a presence. Oh, what a glorious God. Bask in the beauty of his holiness. Just bask in the beauty of his holiness. Oh, the wonder of your glory. Oh, the beauty of your face. See me standing in your presence as I gaze, Lord, I gaze within your love. Oh, the greatness of your power, oh, the fragrance of your grace. See me reaching toward your mercy as I gaze, Lord, I gaze within your love.
in your love I gaze within your love Lord I gaze within your love <laughs> I gaze within your
Celebrate the Lord everywhere in the house. His word, you're the praise. Please take your seats in his presence. It is such a beauty, such a joy to be at Man in the Mirror Conference. Amen. If I can get some volume on this microphone, I will love whoever does it. Amen. I will try and regulate it from here. So just give me what you can give me. Yeah, that sounds like me. Yeah, thank you. Praise God. Praise God. Pastor Tayo and your wife, thank you so much. Thank you for creating an atmosphere for Jesus to thrive. We truly, truly appreciate you. And I want to thank God, Pastor Femi. Ah, sorry, Reverend. Before they sack me from work. Thank you. Thank you and your wife. Amen. Pastor Debo, good to see you. Um, thank you, Pastor TJ, for wonderful worship. Apostle, let me not go there. Hallelujah. Praise God. I want to thank God for everyone in this company. And I truly want to thank God for the pastors in the house. Can we celebrate the pastors of God's chamber? Hallelujah. Thank you. And for every minister who has come tonight, I hope you came ready. Did you come ready? It's going to be a very quick flight. Amen. Praise God. It's going to be a very quick flight. I'm already looking at the time and my heart is beating fast. Amen. And I truly want my wife to greet you tonight. Is that okay? So please receive my wife, Pastor Sarah, with me. Amen. Let her say hello. She's an amazing preacher. I almost feel like giving her the night. Amen. Good evening, church. Can we put our hands together with a shout and celebrate God for whom we are gathered here? Hallelujah. It's really a delight to be in God's presence every time. And that's the best place you would ever be. It's not something that you come out of and um, or you leave this place and go out of his presence. His presence is a ball in which you move, is your life. And tonight, I believe that what God is aiming at doing with this conference is to make you a sound. Because when Jesus came, after he came out of the wilderness and he went to places and he was preaching, he said that the kingdom of God is at hand. He didn't mean it was about to come. He meant, I am here, so the kingdom has arrived. And I believe that that's what God is making us into. That we'll come to the realization that we are an announcement of the kingdom wherever we find ourselves. That where we appear, we are bringing the culture of the kingdom to reveal to the world that this is how it was supposed to be from the original. So I believe that as you listen, is a culmination where you are arriving at a place where the sound that you're hearing makes you a sound of heaven that you will be a representative of God you will be ambassador for Christ because when you arrive the culture of heaven arrives the ideal of heaven arrives how to do marriage the kingdom way happens because you have arrived hallelujah thank you for putting this together Do you think I should still preach tonight? <laughs> Hallelujah. 
Well, is there anything else to preach? What oh, oh, oh I am looking in the mirror. Oh, oh, oh I'm becoming what I see. Oh, tonight i'm going to move at a speed and a frequency that you must forgive amen is that okay i hope you know what you mean when you say yes but it's okay amen really amen so the emphasis so far i heard i heard Femi speaking tonight and i wish i was just preaching from where he preached i'll take you to second Corinthians chapter four to show you that god who commanded the light to shine out of darkness has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of god in the face of jesus that is what satan is looking for every time so we are hard pressed on every side but not crossed perplexed but not in despair persecuted not forsaken struck down but not destroyed always bearing about in our bodies the dying of the lord jesus so that somehow his life will also the manifest in us. Then immediately after he said, therefore death works in us. But that life, that death translates into life in you. Then he said in the very next verse, we then having the same spirit of faith as it is written. Oh, that the working of the death of Christ in us is the beginning of the spirit of faith. You remember yesterday we spoke about the incarnation and we say that Christ now incarnates you. So you have been crucified with Christ. When you reckon yourself dead, listen to this, many times when we speak about the death of Christ, people see the sacrifice of not having a life, but they don't see the glory of living life at Christ's frequency. Oh, I thought you heard me. Listen, there are two things you must wear every time you think about dying together with Christ. Don't only think about the sacrifices of I'm not going to have a life. Because that seems to be the only interpretation of death that the average Christian has. So when we invite you into the death of Christ, all you are thinking about is I'm not going to have a life. I'm not going to, you know, I'm not just going to enjoy like everybody else is enjoying. And who told you, who gave you that definition of enjoyment? So listen, in the first phase of the working of the sound of God inside of us, what he actually wants to do is he wants to make sure our joy is his joy, our like is his like, our... Do you understand it? So we love the things he loves and we hate the things he hates. 
I realize that God does not give the seat of government to anybody until the man loves righteousness and hates wickedness. I didn't say until the man does righteousness and does not do wickedness. The Bible says until the man loves righteousness and hates wickedness. That means he's not daring to obey God because God's commandments are not burdensome. When you arrive at the place where God's commandments are not burdensome, what it means is that your entire being has been toned to the frequency of God so that only the things God loves, you love. So the real drive of the Christian, the real sound of God inside the average believer is to bring you to the place where your entire life is toned to the frequency of God. You will not sustain the love or like for anything that God does not like all of. So when you sing that song, oh, I'm looking in the mirror. You know, so, sometimes, ah, the Bible says, as we behold us in a glass, the glory of the Lord. Then James said, he said that he's like a man who beholds himself in a natural glass. Go and read that scripture later. I will not stay there because it will distract me. Go and read that scripture later. You'll find out that the word natural there, when the Bible says it's like a man that beholds himself in a natural glass, the word natural there is the Greek word Genesis. Oh no, you didn't hear me. I'll say it again. So it's like a man, everyone who beholds the perfect law of liberty, is like a man who beholds his face in a Genesis glass. That means he beholds his face as it was intended to be from the beginning. So the word of God does not show you who you are. It shows you who you were intended to be in the counsel of God. Are you following me? And all time has still been battling with the idea of arriving at who God sees man to be. I, I can't take that detour tonight. If not, I'll have shown you the journey from the likeness of God to the image of God. To show you that man is born in the likeness of God, but man is striving to arrive at the image of God. And Christ was the first man to arrive at the fullness of that image. Sorry for another day. Christ is the first man. First man referred to as the express image of God's person. First man. Genesis chapter 5 refers to Adam as the likeness of God. Check it later. We'll do it. Let's, let's do what brought us. Are you following me? So really, that's why you find out that every time the Bible says things like, whatever you ask, you will receive. Check the precondition. Ah. Check the preconditions. Always the preconditions will be something like this. If you abide with me and my word abides in you, then you will ask anything. That means not every Christian qualifies to ask anything. And for his word to abide in you, James chapter 1 describes it as an engraft. Engraft meaning he has to cut off what is old and bring in what is new. And you have to have acclimatized with the new enough to be comfortable around the new. At that point, your taste board is the taste board of God. That's why many believers try to exercise many scriptures and the scriptures are not working and they feel like the Bible is not true. No, you did not fulfill the precondition. 
That's why James chapter 4 tells you that you ask and you do not receive because you ask amiss because you still have the presence of lust in your life and you want to spend it upon your lust. And God does not sponsor your lust. That's the reason why you have confessed certain things for donkey years and you have never seen them. The reason is because the engrafting has not happened. So the real purpose of owning that thing, you have not been able to arrive at. And the father will not give you what will destroy you. His primary drive in your life is to make you. That's his primary drive. Ah. So, if you understand that at that level, if you understand the working of that sound at that level, Reverend Femi did an amazing job. Let me not even go there. If you understand the working of that sound at that level, then the spirit of faith comes alive inside of you. That's what 2 Corinthians chapter 4 says. He said, we then having the same spirit of faith as we have believed, we speak. That means we cannot enter a circumstance and accept the report of men concerning the circumstance. I have never uttered with my mouth that Nigeria is hopeless. Never. I have never uttered it. The reason is because I was born to fix it. Oh, you didn't get it. <laughs> you see your real problem? Your real problem is that you're not seeing yourself the way God sees you. I didn't start saying this now. You can look at the pastor talk you know now. I think I started saying it now. I've been saying this at least for the last 14 years. Nigeria cannot fail. I preached over it. <laughs> I like the quietness. Let me, let me tell you something. Let me provoke you at some level. Listen, when you get to heaven, you will not be bigger than what you are here. In fact, let me give you the picture. The real picture is that when you arrive at heaven, they welcome you with the fruit of the tree of life. And when you eat that tree, you are sealed in the state you are in forever. That's why God drove them out of the garden. The reason was because he didn't want them to eat of that tree. If they ate of that tree, they would have become irredeemable. They would have been sealed in their fallen state forever. So God did not drive man out of the garden because he was angry. He drove man out so that he can walk redemption. Do you understand it? That's why I said to you, the right lenses to look at God from is the lens of his love. If you understand it, then you will know. That's the reason why when you arrive at heaven, you have to be rewarded according to what your stature reveals by reason of what works you have done. So your position in the kingdom forever, unfortunately, you cannot change it. Forever. Your position in the kingdom forever is the state in which you arrived. <laughs> so all of you that are thinking let's just be good Christians and make it to heaven I congratulate it you make it my problem is you make it as what because let me tell you something there are certain people that will only be seeing Jesus at 9 o'clock network news on their TV I explain it like that so that you understand that people can arrive at heaven and never come close to the kingdom. There are two different things. Leave it. We'll deal with it another day. Maybe I can use that and secure my next year invitation. You understand? That was a joke. Oh. <laughs> that was a joke. Okay. But let's go on. We'll discuss that later. <laughs> do, do you understand me? If you understand these things, you'll understand why some of us, our bots, cannot sit down. 
<laughs> the reason is because I must walk the works of he who sent me while it is day. Because the night is coming. And when the night comes, no man can walk. Unfortunately, sir, people think of the night as when you die. Let me tell you something. When you die, your works will still be speaking. It's a legacy of faith. That's the reason why the judgment of rewards cannot happen until all works on the earth are finished. So God will not reward a man when he dies. He has to wait for the earth to finish. Because this evening, you must have read 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Paul's reward is still counting for writing it. You understand it that's why by the spirit of faith according to hebrews chapter 11 you must enter into the legacy that makes that even when you die you must be speaking so you must have a trail of works left behind on the earth that makes that 60 years after you die people are either building according to the pattern that you set even if they don't know your name or they are still referring to the things you you said so, Ken Hagen died a few long years ago, but till today we are saying, you know, as Brother Hagen said, as, and his reward is still counting. So, death does not stop the works of a believer. So, when the night comes, when no man can walk, simply put, it means that the darkness rises. And then you realize at that point that you don't have what it takes to galvanize yourself enough to align with God and his purposes. At that point, it is too late. So you see, some of us are not sitting down now because we are determining an eternal place. Not because we have invitation. You need to understand this kingdom at the level of capacity. Because today, you remember I told you yesterday that I was going to speak to you about the sound at a personal level. But that today I'm going to speak to you at a generational level. To say that there's an, a generational assignment that sound came to fulfill. Give me Acts chapter 2 verse 2 on the board. Let's, let me attempt to move as quickly as I must tonight. And suddenly, there came a sound from heaven as of a what? rushing mighty wind and it filled the whole house where they were sitting now hear me very carefully you realize that god never releases a sound that does not have a definite purpose so for instance jesus has said to them acts chapter one tarry ye in jerusalem until you be endued with power and this power is designed to make you witnesses and ah I've taken definition of witnesses from Isaiah 44, but let's skip that tonight. What it means to literally be a witness is not that I saw when Jesus was doing. It means I've received the right to reduplicate what Jesus has done. So, how God anointed Jesus Christ of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power. Tarry in Jerusalem until you, be empowered, until you be endued with power. And you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost. So, the same equipment God gave to Jesus to operate on the earth is the same equipment given to you. That means that your standard of judgment is Jesus. I'm coming. <laughs> One day, I saw in what felt like a vision how heaven's grandstand will look like and it came from a scripture i just i, I need to run through this very quickly I, and i trust god to quicken your hearing so that i don't have to do it again come on somebody say an amen hear this i saw this as though in a vision 
I heard when the mother of James and John said, grant that two of my sons will stand one on your left and one on your right in the kingdom. And then it suddenly dawned on me that Jesus didn't say there's no place like that. How did the woman get to know that there is a seat on his left and a seat on his right? And so that day, I was taking in what felt like a vision. I was worshiping in church and I was taking in what felt like a vision. And then I saw, sir, I saw the Lord Jesus standing on the end of a long aisle. And I saw people arranged to his left and to his right. And I saw somebody enter in through like a gate from that place. And then the songs of the thing the person did on the earth were being sung. And they kept declaring the eulogies of the things that he was, that he had done on the earth. Listen carefully. And the eulogies came with something that felt like a spiritual force. So the man could only move to as far as the spiritual force of what he did pushed him. So that works are not measured in numbers, they are measured in quantum. Because the real measure of a work is obedience, not effort. Story for another day. So the true measure of a work, that's the reason why pastors don't have a higher reward than ushers. What he, what he rewards is faithfulness. So you just want to be sure that you are doing what he sent you to do. That you did not send yourself to do what you are doing. So I figured that when their works were sung, it came forth like some kind of a spiritual energy. And that's what they rode upon. And as long as the songs were sung, they were riding. When the songs ended, sir, the Lord Jesus is standing there. If you turn to the left or to the right, you will see a vacuum. You will know that's exactly where you belong. I wish you got it. So blessed are you if your songs brought you a lot closer. That's why Jesus said, it is not for me to determine. It is in the reserve of the Father. Because ultimately the judgment of rewards are going to be with the Father. So blessed are you that your songs pushed you as far as getting this close to the Lord Jesus. If you turn to the left or to the right, you will see the exact vacuum that was created for you. You will enter there. And you too will declare that God is holy. Because he will be justified when he judges. Then I realized that what breath gives you the opportunity for is to determine how you will live forever. <laughs> From that day, listen, I stopped discussing hell a long time ago. Now, I'm not saying I stopped preaching hell. I said I stopped discussing hell. I am passed from death to life. I, hell is not my subject. I'm not thinking, will I by mistake end up in hell? It's not part of my, it's not near my thinking. But let me tell you that this other thinking is a greater propelling force for me. In what state will I be received when I get into the kingdom? That's my concern. My concern is that after I've taken that state, forever I don't have an opportunity to improve it.
if you understand it, you will put your head down. You will put your hands down. I told my people, when you take a job, don't take a survival means. Take an assignment. Lord, what am I doing in this office space? For whose sake have you sent me? Unto what assignment have I come? Because God took them 40 years in the wilderness and fed them by himself so that their feeding never becomes the reason why they walk. That's what he wrote. It's so that you will know that man shall not live by bread alone. So that your work is ordained by God to bless you and pay you because a laborer is worthy of his wages. But your heart is never supposed to be on. It's part of the reasons why let me tell you something. No matter how much or how little your job pays you, you require the faith that lives above your salary so that you can register in the back of your mind that my job is not my source. The reason for plenty compromise is that many believers are dependent on their job to live. Please hear me. Hear me clearly. Establish today. If you have to open a book, open it. Establish today. In fact, continue in faith until you establish that you receive more outside of your job than by your job. Exercise your faith until you arrive there. So that you can register even with princes and with powers that your job does not sustain. If not, in the day where compromise is, is put in front of you, you will have no option. In fact, you will have no option. You have no option to the degree to which you, you will believe that even God should understand. Is anybody hearing me? Oh, I need to transition out of this. I need to take you to the generational assignment. Because Acts chapter 2, the scripture we read was a sound from heaven, right? Give me verse 16 of Acts chapter 2. Let's see what, what, what Peter said there. Mm. Peter said this is what was spoken of by who? The prophet Joel. Next verse 17, quickly. Look at it. That it shall come to pass in, in the last days, says God, that I will pour out of my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions. Your old men shall what? Dream dreams. I wish I wish we had the time, but let's go. Let's go. Next verse. And on my men servants and upon my maid servants, I'll pour out my, my spirit in those days. And they shall what? Prophesy. Next verse. Next verse. I will show wonders in heaven and signs in the earth beneath. Blood and fire and vapor and smoke. Next verse. The sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before the coming of the great and the awesome day of the Lord. Now stop. In the fulfillment of the prophecy of Joel, we saw the outpouring of the spirit, but there were a few elements that seemed like didn't show up to fulfill the prophecy of Joel. Take me to Joel chapter 2. Let's, let's read it from Joel. Is that okay? We have already read it here, but let's read it from Joel. Same thing. Are you in Joel chapter 2? Give us 28 on the board. Ah. Joel 2 28. And shall come to pass. Afterward, that I will what? For my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams. Your young men shall see visions. Next verse. And also upon my men servants and maid servants, I'll pour out my spirit. We just read this, right? Next verse. Let's go. 
And I will show wonders in heaven and no, go back, go back, go back. Verse 30. And I will show wonders in heaven and in the earth, blood and fire and pillars of smoke. Next verse. The sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before the coming of the great and the awesome day of the Lord. Are you seeing it? Next verse. And it shall come to pass that what? Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. For in and in there shall be, as the Lord has said, among the remnant whom the Lord will call. Now, please listen. Ah. If you go back in Joel chapter 2, whoever is on console, find that scripture for me. He said, and he will come to us like rain, like the former and the latter rain. Are you following me? Now, listen. When scripture prophesied the outpouring of the spirit, he seemed to have prophesied it consistently in two dimensions. He spoke about it in the former and in the latter. Are you around? Are you still around? And I studied scripture and I found out somewhere in Romans chapter 8, I believe it was 22, 23, thereabout. Paul said that it's not only creation that is groaning, but we ourselves also who have the first fruits of the spirit. So Paul, by the first fruits of the spirit, suggests. Suggests. Because the first fruit is actually a sign of a bountiful harvest. Aha. Hey, who? Are you following me? Paul suggests that there's likely going to be another outpouring. Joel suggests that there's a great and terrible day of the Lord. Huh? And the signs he gave, listen, I'll give you the interpretation of the signs in a jiffy. The signs he gave didn't seem to precede the first outpouring. Wonders in heaven. Blood, pillars, and smoke. <laughs> let, me, let me tell you why I'm laughing. I like the way the face of some of you is. Let me challenge you. There were two things that happened to me that changed my Bible study life. Number one, when I was in secondary school, first and foremost, the Lord didn't, he refused to permit me to read any book apart from my academic books. He refused to permit me to read any book written by anybody for 12 years. I read only the Bible. Now, that was the first thing that changed my life. So by the time I started reading books, I could all, it was easy for me to detect what was not according to scripture. You know, some, sometimes the bane of reading book is that we believe that once anything is contained in a book, it's true. Ah! And my pastor said, it is true. Everything that's written in the book. It is true. Whatever he says he will do. It is true. That he's the son of God's right hand. Oh Lord. Messiah. is true. Oh Lord. Messiah is true. I arrived at knowing that only the Bible contains a hundred percent truth. But you see, it started my next phase of problems. Now, please listen to me. This is very important to me. Even if I don't get to finish preaching tonight, if you get this thing I'm about to say, I'm, I'm alright. Then I found out that if the Bible is the only book I can rely on a hundred percent, 
It means that every detail in the Bible is important. And this begat this, and that begat that, and this begat this, and they begat that, and they begat this. How many of you like, are like me? When you used to study before, by the time you get to this begat, you'll be looking for the next thing. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? <laughs> One day, I will sit with you and I will show you that almost every genealogy in the Bible was showing something God was preserving and waiting for a day to manifest it. And if you read through the genealogy, you will start to see the effect of that generational blessing or curse that was running through that in the manifestations through those generations. That's the reason why when you declare that you belong to the lineage of Christ, you now can have the right to expect that every bad thing inside Jesus can manifest in you. Oh, you didn't hear it. You didn't hear it. You didn't hear it. You didn't hear it. Is there any bad thing in Jesus? So anything I see in Jesus, one of the things the born again experience gives me is that Jesus is my default. So there are certain behaviors I expect to start to see accidentally. Because he runs in my genes. But I didn't come to discuss genealogy. I, I said to you, Paul suggested that there's a first fruit of the spirit. And the first fruit of the spirit is a suggestion that there will yet be another outpouring. The first outpouring was prepared for. It's obvious that the next outpouring must be prepared for. One of the signs is that the Bible says in the book of Revelations that the spirit and the bride must say come. So, if it is an outpouring, it must be prepared for. And part of the preparations for the outpouring is we must then ask why the outpouring? What makes it necessary? In fact, please give me that scripture I quoted. Um, Romans chapter 8, 8 verse 22, 23. In fact, if you read Paul's groaning, he seems to suggest that the next outpouring of the Spirit will come together with the redemption of our fallen body and the redemption of all creation. Did I go too far? We came for a sound. I hear the sound of rain. I see. For we know that the whole creation groans and labors with birth pangs together until when? until now next verse not only that but we also who have the even we ourselves grown within ourselves eagerly waiting for the adoption ah. so he now shows you that the true mark of the adoption is the redemption of our bodies please let me time is not favoring us but let me say this adoption is not that thing you know in english that, okay, somebody's not your child. Then you now went and brought him and made him your child. No. Adoption here is the right to use the authority of the father. And Paul suggested here that the full right of the church to use the authority of the father, and I will show you the measure. Jesus said to Peter, Behold, I give you the gifts to the kingdom that whatsoever you bind. Are you following me? That means that there's a church that is about to show up on the scene. That will not say a thing and it does not come to pass. The, you see the way Jesus operated. There was not one thing Jesus said. That he now explained later. That is because the dynamics in the spirit were not right. <laughs> There's an outpouring coming. 
that outpouring is about to reveal a church that has true authority and it can only be received by a church that expects it <laughs> it does not invalidate anything you know about the first outpouring of the spirit doesn't doesn't affect it everything you know about the first outpouring of the spirit is absolutely true but Paul seems to suggest here that the first fruit of the spirit was sufficient to operate God at certain level but there is a groaning that still happens inside of us together with creation let me tell you something creation has not only grown it has seen a foretaste creation has seen a foretaste of his redemption that's why they said what manner of man is this that even the wind and the seas obey him the reason is because listen the bible says all of creation was subject to vanity not willingly but by reason of Adam that subjected creation in hope. That means that as long as Adam had the hope of redemption, creation also had the hope of redemption. Because as is the leader, so is the people. So because man was given leadership over all creation, when man fell, all creation fell with him. Are you following my story? But creation knew that vanity was what made man fall. So creation started a search looking for a man in whom there is no vanity. And then one day, creation saw a man. Now as I'm speaking, you can tell that every element of creation obeyed him. Every. Every element of creation obeyed him every there was not an element of creation that was not subject under him oh i hear the sound but we see jesus who was made a little lower than the angels for the suffering of death crowned with glory and honor that he by the grace of god should taste death listen one of the things creation could not understand was why he had to die that's the reason why you will notice that for three hours all creation revolted. All. The moment he got to the... And he stood up. The earth was quaking. What the earth was declaring is, take this away from me. I don't have a part in it. The sun shot up. All of the stars in the skies will not give their light. Creation was declaring, we are not a part of this crucifixion. Because for the first time, creation had seen its hope walking the streets and creation was wondering why vain man could destroy its hope <laughs> the reason was because God was determined that the revelation of that hope of creation was not going to be done by Jesus it will be done by you because in Paul's declaration in, in Peter's declaration in Acts chapter 2, he quoted Joel. And Joel seemed to have suggested that the next sound will come out of Zion. Mm. The first sound came from heaven. The next sound is coming from Zion. And listen, it is Zion's echo of the sound of heaven. I, I will explain it. If that's all I explain tonight, it's okay. Ma, what Zion is waiting for 
is the fullness of what heaven sent. Let's use Ephesians chapter 1 to explain it. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter 1 that he gave us the earnest of the spirit until the redemption of the purchased possession. You need to understand what that is. It's like the best way to explain it so that you can understand it is that you went to the market and you bought cloth, you bought yard like eight measures because you saw what Pastor Taiwo was wearing tonight and you said to yourself, ah, Pastor Taiwo, who was your tailor? And then he points who his tailor is. Then you go to the market and purchase the same kind of yard and you give it to the tailor and give him a down payment. Mm. In fact, the word earnest, listen, the Bible says he gave us the earnest of the spirit. The word earnest there in Greek is the word arabon. And arabon in Greek culture is money that is paid for a transaction that if the transaction is not fulfilled, will be forfeited. Is is unfathomable. Because naturally, if a transaction is not fulfilled, the money should be paid back. But Arabon is money paid for a transaction that if the transaction is not completed, must be forfeited. Then the Bible says that God paid the Arabon of the Spirit. He bought us with his blood, but he looked at what he bought. It did not look like what he wanted to buy. So he gave the Holy Spirit as extra money. And say, until you make this thing, what I want to see. So I gave the tailor the yard. And I gave him the Holy Spirit. And I said to the tailor, make this thing exactly like what I saw Pastor Taiwo wearing. Ah... And guess what God was looking for? God in bringing many sons unto glory made the captain of their salvation perfect through suffering that he might be firstborn among. So God saw Jesus and Jesus is everything God wants. Except a grain of wheat falls to the earth and dies, it abides alone. But it is injustice to the grain of, grain of wheat that dies if what you come to harvest does not look like what you planted. So God wanted to bring many Jesuses. Ah, them that he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son. So that the son, so what God wants to reap is not Chintok. It's Jesus. So God gives the earnest. <laughs> he pays the Holy Spirit. And don't forget, sir, he will forfeit the Holy Spirit if the transaction fails. That means God is at the risk of losing one member of the Godhead. If Chintok does not look like Jesus. What, what Have you ever seen that kind of commitment before? So that sound that came, sir, was God declaring. You see this man, man, I will convert them into exactly who I am. Because, sir, and mass, what is waiting, what we are waiting for to take the earth is an image. 
we can practice taking the earth at the level where we are and be discussing and be despised. Listen to this. When Jesus returns, the Bible told you that he's not coming back to negotiate with the earth. He's not coming back as savior anymore. He's coming back with a rod of iron to rule. That means the Jesus that is coming back will look nothing like the Jesus that left. The Jesus that left was brokering peace. The Jesus that is returning is returning to rule the earth. And what he wants to convert his church into is co-rulers with him. Listen, you must understand that the custody of the earth is given to you. And if there's anything the earth is waiting for, it is waiting for me to enter into full cooperation with the Holy Spirit so that I can look exactly like Jesus. Why do I need to look exactly like Jesus? If they give you the earth to govern where you are now, you will govern it like you. Your tastes will affect it. Your vanities will affect it. Your perceptions will affect it. Your sentiments will affect it. So God, by the Holy Spirit, wants to sit inside of you until he conforms your sentiment to his sentiments, your taste to his tastes, your perception to his perception. In fact, even your vanity must be his vanity. What God is, what is vain to God is vain to you. Because the moment you arrive at that place, then you can govern the earth like God would have governed the earth. Because the essence, like Reverend Femi said to us, is kingdom come, let your will be done on earth as it is done in Listen, lately, sir, in my study of scripture, I've been saying this now for, for like two years. God stopped me and he said to me, be careful with us alike in the Bible. So I started teaching the like us of scripture. Listen, everything, every time you see like or us in the Bible, it deprives you of the right to declare degree or extent. Listen to me very carefully. So every time you see like or us, it takes away definition from you and makes that you have to refer to what it is likened unto for two definitions. For instance, you shall love one another will have been good. As I have loved you is the problem. Amen? No, it's not from hell. It's just a flying insect. <laughs> is anybody hearing me? Please hear this carefully. You shall love one another. Great. If they say you shall love one another, sir, I will, at least by my own definition of love, I love Pastor Taiwo, I love, ah, I love Manuka, ah, I love your wife, I love Pastor Debo. Now, the real problem is the moment they say, as I have loved you. The moment as entered, I lose the right to use my criteria. So, I must now begin to ask, am I loving Pastor Deborah the way Jesus loved me? The knowledge of the glory of the Lord will cover the earth. So, when I look around to check how much of God's glory is on the earth, if it is not as subdued as waters cover the sea, I know there's still work. Let your kingdom come. Let your will be done on earth. 
that means the true strength of my governance has not arrived until I can look at earth and say yeah exactly as it is in heaven let me give you a short counsel it will not invalidate what I just said at the very least practice it in your house the Bible tells you what governs the atmosphere of heaven it said the kingdom of God is not in meat and drink it is in righteousness peace and joy that means that if I lack anything the atmosphere of my house must consistently <laughs> consistently be driven by righteousness must have peace resident and it must bubble with joy every time my wife is here so lying is very hard listen the hardest part of it is the righteousness part you know why because the standards of righteousness are sitting upon justice that means i cannot put a burden upon my wife that i'm not willing to carry myself neither can i place a demand on my children because i have an office if i drive my office to my advantage i have driven the kingdom of god out of my house i speak as a father <laughs> so the father's work is not to culture the house to obey him the father's work is to reveal how broken he is before the heavenly father and insist on everybody in the house including himself as the first example as the pattern of brokenness before the father so that there is no day I wield my power as a husband because I want to bring things under my control because what makes you lord as husband is submission under the lordship of another point sir you will notice that husbands love your wives as Christ loved the church becomes your natural state because Christ never set himself first he always considered the state of the church first so it was easy for him to lay down his life for her wife is here she knows I will not spend 10 kobo on me until I spent on her and the children. It's simple. So when I get up and I say to the house, this is the way we are going. Nobody second guesses it. So you see, it doesn't emasculate me. It doesn't take away my leadership. It only means that I win the right to lead because I postured that me too I'm under the lordship of another. Jesus never considered himself first. Ah, it's not a marriage seminar. It's a sound from heaven. Is anybody still alive here tonight? Start to practice it in your house. Hear this. Let me tell you one of the blessedness that you have. Because many of these things when we teach them sir they sound burdensome because we were raised within the context of a culture what we don't know is that the kingdom itself is a culture ah, let me say something that you might struggle with but you finally arrive 
art. Listen to this. The only thing stronger than life is culture. Sir, I found out that the only thing stronger than the life of God resident in you is the culture around you. If you culture yourself wrongly, you'll be acting against the life perpetually. Like a dog eating grass. There are plenty of dogs that eat salad now. And as much as by creation they are canines, by culturing. That's the reason why you cannot play with the environment around you. Don't be talking I'm a Christian and not be changing the environment around you. I have told people, no matter what you say, you cannot hear secular music in my house. It's not possible. Leave it. Leave it. Play to your house. Let my children rise and your children rise. Let's meet in the future. The reason is because every environment is cultured according to the life type. Oh, that's why God called from the sea the fishes. Man needed to live on land and in an environment of God. God created him out of land and preached into his nose the breath of life. Satan showed up and in one culture lesson changed the mind of Eve against the nature of life that was inside of her. One culture lesson. Don't play with culture. Why the commandments of God seem burdensome? That's why I went there. Why is commandments seem burdensome? It's because of how you've been cultured. Sir, we grew up knowing the father as the boss. What he says happens. When he shows up, everybody moves. Do you understand it? So our measure of manhood is that when we are coming from afar, everybody is scampering. We are even seeing the signs that they are scampering. I was thinking, <laughs> it's just normal. That's how I ran when my father was coming. Uncle, don't carry a Babylonian culture and sell to your children. Do you understand it? And you, you come into the presence of your heavenly father. And you feel the warmth of his embrace. You see, it's because of how men are. That's the reason why even in his presence, they find it difficult to be embraced by God. Wonderful beyond compare. Ageless father, holy king. Forever you are God by yourself. You are wisdom, love, and righteousness. We join the heavens to proclaim glory to the Father of love. Father of love. Father of love. If you enter the embrace of the Father, you will know that your children are waiting for you to get home and hold them tight. Then you now ask yourself, who cultured Africans? Oh, there was something that took me there. I said, I wanted to show you the blessedness that you have. The blessedness is that God gave you a soul and the presence of a soul in you Listen, what it does is it gives you the right to culture your taste until God becomes what is pleasant in your head. It was traveling, sir, that taught me that. First time we got to Dubai, I couldn't eat anything. There was one foul 
taste somewhere there. Somebody knows what I'm talking about. There was one foul taste. They would spoil rice with the taste. They thought it would the taste. The taste. And I would sit down and watch these Indians. They would be eating it with such relish. I, I told my wife, let's go and look for bread. Those of you who have traveled, you know what I'm talking about, right? Then I figured that those people were enjoying it because their taste was cultured. Oh. Then Colossians chapter 3 began to make sense to me. Since then you have been risen with Christ. Set your affection on things. Ah, set your heart on things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God the Father. He says, set your affection. Ah, that means if it is my affection, I can set it. I can like blue today and like green tomorrow. It is a setting. The blessedness of having a soul is that you can determine what your soul wants. Are you following me? So many of the commandments of God sound difficult in the ear of the hearer because of how he has been cultured. How can I live for people all my life? How did Jesus live all his life? And he didn't, there was not one day that Jesus said, Hi, people in my space again. Whew. From the first day he met them, they said, Sir, where do you live? He said, Come, let me show you. Then they went with him home. The Bible says they stayed over. And then I'm looking at that life and I'm thinking, many of us are thinking, no, 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 please, 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 respect my space. Your space? No, your space. You have not read Acts of the Apostles. The day you read Acts of the Apostles, you will know that you don't have, there's, you don't have your space. Do you understand it? My wife is here. 15 years. There's no time we have not had people in our space. She started by bearing it into managing it, into all writing it, into <coughs> now. If she comes here and there's nobody, she said, ah, there are not plenty of people in this house. What's wrong? Because I found out that the true pattern of discipleship is access. You can keep that somewhere. If you don't have access, you're not a disciple. It's Jesus that taught us that pattern of discipleship. So I turned around and I realized that almost all of my senior pastors today lived with me at some point. We've got branches everywhere. Almost all of the people who are senior pastors in our branches as of today lived with me at some point. They were close enough. They knew my values. So just before the service, Pastor Tai was saying something. He said, for you to be traveling like this, you must have drilled your culture into your people. I'm not afraid. I don't collect monthly reports. They have to be doing well. They have been cultured. The things you are finding difficult now are because of how you have been cultured. How can I hold a woman's bag? There's a place, there are parts of the world where holding a woman's bag is normal. And because it's normal, even when the man is fighting with his wife, he's holding her bag. He doesn't even see it as a sign of love anymore. He's just cultured to do it. 
One of the things that makes you a custodian of the sound coming from Zion is that you must imbibe the culture of Zion. And I'm not teaching you Western culture. I'm teaching you Zion culture. If I sit against Western culture now, you will run out of this place. <laughs> Western boys call their father Mike. <laughs> but kill you. It's not that is not a God culture. I tell white people, lack of honor is not a God culture. <laughs> oh my God. Listen, let's look for a way to close this thing. You know how to look for a way to close it. The second sound, scripture says, is coming out of Zion. And he told you. That before that great and terrible day of the Lord, one of the signs he gave you very clearly is that the sun and the moon will no longer give their light. Let me say it in the simplest terms I can say. It means that before that day, the, the person who exercised that, if you notice that before every coming of the Lord, the Bible says that he'll be preceded by the spirit of Elijah. Part of the reasons why the spirit of Elijah is used is because Elijah was the one person who silenced Baal from using the strength of the sun to exert upon Israel. So what it means for the sun not to give its light is that every world religion, every connection to spirituality from the earth is connected to the sun, the moon, or the stars. Because in creation, God said, let us make the sun to rule the day, let us make the moon to rule the night, and then he created the stars also as bearers of power. If you don't understand that, you don't understand the dream of Joseph. So when Joseph said, I saw the sun, the moon, and 11 stars, it was his father that said, do you mean me, your mother, and your brothers? It was the closest interpretation he could give. What he did not realize was that he is Israel, and that Israel was supposed to be a new government to take over the earth. That's the reason why 12 was necessary. But notice that if Joseph was anything in that dream, he must have been a star. He wasn't the sun. Neither was he the moon. And Jacob does suppose that he is the sun. But Jacob was not the sun. Egypt worshipped the God called Ra. And Ra is the sun God. So what Joseph was seeing. Was he was seeing that the God of Egypt. Together with the spiritual marriages that birds the territories around it. And the governors together with whom they rule will bow before him. That's what Joseph was saying. Was his father is more than his brothers. And Joseph was clearly seeing that it was going to be by an agricultural idea that will cause that his idea will be standing when all other agricultures are failing. Had nothing to do with his brothers. It's a competitive spirit that makes you interpret dreams as though they are against you. Because if you, if you follow the interpretation of that dream accurately, the standing of the sheep of Joseph was the standing of all of Israel. So in that day, Joseph represented Israel. That's why you must be a sponsor of another person's dream. 
don't be angry about the dream. Your life might depend on it. Life might depend on it. Understand this. Oh, it's not that it's paining me that this, you know, that this is my last session. But there's so much to say. But hear this clearly. It was Habakkuk in his prophecy. No, Haggai in his prophecy in Haggai chapter 2. Haggai said, He said, He said, yet once again, I will shake not only the earth, but also the heavens. He said, and when that shaking happens, the desire of all nations shall come unto me, and then I will fill this house with my glory, says the Lord. Listen to this as I close. In Hebrews chapter 12, we see what looks like the fulfillment of that prophecy. Uh, Reverend Femi made mention of it where we have come because in hebrews chapter 12 he said we have come unto mount zion the heavenly jerusalem and before he spoke about mount zion it had made allusion to horeb and the allusion to horeb where god wanted to meet his people and the moment he put his seat down upon the mountain the mountain quaked with smoke and earthquake and fire and everybody said don't talk to us just talk to moses that means, sir, throughout the time from Horeb, God was looking for an opportunity where he will not have to speak to only Moses, but he will speak to all of Israel. In fact, Moses was writing it in Deuteronomy chapter 4. And Moses said to them, he said, you remember us at Horeb when the Lord came and you saw smoke and fire and you detested his voice. So hear this. The reason why the voice must be familiar to you personally is because God is inviting you to Zion. He doesn't want to put his feet down and when he puts his feet down, you are afraid of him and you run away. So he comes in the Holy Spirit within the context of the New Testament so that when he speaks, you delight in hearing his voice. But the ultimate point in Zion is so that we can arrive at the blood of the sprinkling that speaks. Because in every assemblage, somebody must be addressing everybody. Hear this and I'll close there. Ah! When we arrive at Zion, when we arrive at Zion, now you see, you said, I said that and I slowed down because I wish I showed you the ascension into the Zion's hills. That's what I was trying to explain to you by saying your taste buds must become like the taste buds of God. You must love what God loves. You must love, for instance, you must love an atmosphere of glory. Every time you see God's appearance in scripture, it was glory. That's why you should be excited when you enter into church. And his presence shows any sign. We cry glory. If, if he shows any sign, the tiny twinkle, the tiny tickling in your heart, respond to it like everything depends on it. Those of you who don't know how to respond to God in worship, I pity you. Because many times his presence does not multiply at you until you know how to respond to the small tickle. I was looking at Pastor with this evening and I was laughing. Because that's how I behave. 
You just need to say something. Just call his name. If you call his name and you call him from the standpoint of truth, if he touches something inside of me, I jump up immediately. It is in that jumping up, I multiply that presence. God loves the presence of his glory. I don't understand how you are not part of the people that generate it. I don't understand how you live in your house for three days and there's not a moment of the playing of the glory of God. Do you understand it? I don't understand how you woke up early in the morning and you confess a day and you did not. You didn't. There was no an atmosphere of glory. Where do you get your energy from? Do you understand it? You wake up in the morning. Can you hear the sound of heaven? It's a sound of many waters. It's a sound of worship coming from my father's throne. There are cries of adoration. I see men from every nation lift their voice to make his glory known. Singing, holy, holy, holy are you, Lord. Holy, holy, holy are you, Lord. The elders and angels bow, the redeemed worship you. You cannot not love what God loves. You must be excited at the atmosphere of his glory. Sir, I have pastored the church that I lead for 12 years. I don't miss worship. I don't miss prayer. Because I need the presence as much as everybody else. I do all my service preparations before it's time. I'm a presence junkie. When his presence shows up, I become a child. My wife is here. She has never seen me cry. 15 years that I sit and cry about anything. Never seen me worried. She has never woken up in the night. And I'm thinking, what can we do? Never. She's here. But when we enter the presence of God, Jesus, oh Jesus, you call his name, I start to tear like a child. Sometimes I cry with mucus. I'm a presence junkie. Because I, I don't know how many weaknesses of mine have burnt out in his presence. I don't know how many diseases I have lost in his presence. I have to love what he loves. Because on Zion, he is God there. And when you arrive at Zion, everything that has been obedient to God, past, present, and future are present. The spirit of judgment made perfect. They are not people who are present. They are people who have lived, who are waiting upon us to see their perfection. Was Hebrews chapter 11 that said to you clearly, and God having planned some better thing for us, that they without us shall not be made perfect. So the spirit of judgment made perfect is Abraham, David, Isaac, everyone who lived, who never truly arrived at perfection. And they stand on the grandstand and they are hoping that Chintok will look exactly like Jesus so that the hope that they have lived for can be culminated in a generation. 
And in that assembly, scripture is clear that the only thing that speaks there is the blood of Jesus. And the Bible says that when he speaks out of Zion, he fulfills the prophecy in Haggai chapter 2. He said, I will shake once again, not only the earth, but also heaven. He said, so that the things that are shaken can be removed. He said, so that only the things that are eternal can remain. Then he said, and we therefore receiving a kingdom which cannot be shaken. That means how you know what is not shaken in Zion is whatever has aligned to the kingdom come. So if I around, arrive in Zion, sir, and there's anything in my life that does not align with the kingdom, let the blood speak. The moment the blood speaks, a shaking happens. Then that desire to pursue women shakes and falls away because it was created. It was not in the original design. So Zion brings us back to our original default design. And the assembly in Zion is a present reality for the church. But there is a speaking that will go forth out of Zion. When the speaking goes forth out of Zion, it will compel every nation to come to the obedience of Christ. It is that obedience that we will submit to Christ when he returns. That means a church must rise that is determined to by obedience judge all disobedience and submit the glories of all nations to the God of Zion when Jesus returns. That's the next sound. The first sound brought us to God. The first sound gave us the spirit. The first sound gave us the commitment of the spirit to make us like Jesus. The next sound is Zion's sound. And when Zion speaks, Obadiah said, and it shall come to pass, that upon Mount Zion, there shall be deliverance and the holiness. He said, and the children of Jacob shall possess their possession. The possession of the children of Jacob is the dominion of the earth. He said, and Jacob shall be a fire and Esau will become a stubble. The nations of the earth are designed to bow to us. And the present sound of God is to raise a generation that will declare and the government shall be upon our shoulders. Did you notice that Christ is the head and his body literally begins from his shoulder. So the Bible says the son is given but in the day of his government it will not rest upon his head. It will rest upon his shoulder. Because the glory of God is that you entered into the dominion that Christ paid for. When that happens, then the sound from heaven has become the sound of Zion. I believe that was what Reverend Femi was trying to say to you when he said that the sound from heaven must become your sound. You must echo what God has said. Lift up your hand everywhere and pray in the Holy Ghost for 30 seconds. And say to God, I am come unto Zion. Let the blood of Jesus speak. Even the blood of the sprinkling. 
that speaks better things than the blood of Abel. Let the blood of Jesus speak. And let it speak the taking away of everything in me that does not align to the reality of Christ. I believe that the church has entered a season where God will do a quick walk and he'll cut it short in righteousness. And while people think we don't look like Christ, before they close their eyes and open it, it will be a quick walk. It must be a walking of grace so that no man can boast. So God begins to bring to our consciousness the reality of what he wants to walk on the earth so that we can yield to him. And then he'll do a quick walk. In one night, Aaron's rod bordered. In one night, my dead stick can come alive. In one night, the deadness of my flesh can give way to the life of his spirit. In one night, the voice of God can be heard from my tabernacle. Utter your voice, O God, and let the mountains quake. Utter your voice, O God. Let government houses move. Let the desire of all nations come. Utter your voice, oh God. Somebody needs to start by saying, Lord, utter your voice upon my tabernacle. Let everything that does not align to Christ give way. Then utter your voice from my tabernacle into your earth. Let everything in the earth. Shadiabakoradiabasanata. The Bible says, and shall come to pass that the dead shall hear the voice of the Son of God and everyone that hears it shall live. Let there be the utterance of the voice of God from out of me, quickening the dead, bringing the things that are dead back to life. Dead economies, dead nations, dead political systems, dead religious systems. I decree in the name of Jesus, I utter the voice of the God of Zion. Come on, come on. In 15 more seconds, look at dead situations. Speak out of Zion. Speak out of Zion. Speak by the voice of the blood of Jesus. Shale bako radia bako zendebe shana makako basia taidana repazo keshataya. Come and lift up your voice in prayer tonight. Yes, zada la boshe da la bada bako rondo boshe da la bada. Randa no shenda la bada borondo boshe da la bada goshanda la bada ya. Erenda bosha takana na masoka ya We 
Lift up your holy hands everywhere. Oh, Sebarado Shakatanabara. been transformed by that powerful word of God. Man in the mirror. Behold. Believe. Become.